Welcome to Not the Only Kids in the Hall podcast. This is a Kids in the Hall podcast where we watch episodes of Kids in the Hall and talk about each sketch, analyzing them as sketch writers and just as fans of comedy. Uh, and hey, here's our here's our, our host, me, Nick Ramirez, and Amay Lutkin and Jared Emick. How are you guys doing? It's us. We're back mm-hmm. again. Wow. I'm so happy to be here. Should I stop talking? You guys are looking at me like I should stop talking. You just sound really sarcastic, and I'm not sure where oh. this attitude's coming from, Jared. <laughs> no, no attitude. I was, was trying to be genuine, but I guess I sound like a jerk just when I talk. So. <laughs> Nick, go ahead. Sorry for talking. Today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 9, with our special guest, James III. James, thanks for joining us. It's so awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me. So James, have you have you uh, watched Kids in the Hall at all ever before? Was this the yeah, first time? Yeah, I this isn't the first time. I was trying to think of like what my history with it is. I for a long time I was like I've only seen an episode or something or like a sketch. But I, mm. but because I remember I like remember in my life recognizing the comedians from Kids in the Hall from Kids in the Hall. Then it makes <laughs> me feel like I had seen more of it than just like one thing you know but i but i have very little memory of of like watching it and the only sketch i remember was probably like an example from a ucb class the one where they're like you're this close <laughs> you know that one where the, you're oh you're this close and they they <laughs> keep judging how close they their fingers are <laughs> oh, I vaguely remember that. I don't remember that. I guess we'll see that in the future. Yeah, right. I, yeah it must be a later episode. I do think a lot of them, though, are familiar because they've really been in a lot of stuff. Like, they get cast mm-hmm. as, like, character actors and a lot of stuff. And you see them. Right. I'm noticing right. the more and more as we do this podcast. Like, I feel like I'm seeing Dave Foley and sitcoms and stuff like that. And, like, get excited whenever I see them now in the wild. Mm. Um, yeah, well, I guess this part of the show usually asks the guests about what their thoughts are on kids in the hall. It sounds like you have no thoughts. On kids <laughs> in the hall. I really, I really don't have any. You know, like it's. I was just like, yeah, like they're, they're funny. Like I don't have any kids in the hall, right? They're the, you know, but I don't have any like actual. I haven't gained any opinions about them. Like before we started, I learned from y'all just now that they have some problematic. Uh, you know they have problematic <laughs> sketches and viewpoints and like I didn't I didn't know any of that they I do. thought they were just like these you know these I I literally thought they were just like you know these guys that did sketch and we all love them like that was mm. my <laughs> oh yeah I mean honestly I tried to communicate to James when we were talking about doing this podcast I was like lots of people who come on the podcast don't like it you don't have to like it but uh, maybe I should have like told you more of their background in terms of what they've it's like fine. represented themselves as I, but, I, but I also feel like I should know, but I but I didn't and don't. You know. Well, honestly, yeah. I forgot about a lot of it. Like I did used to watch the show as a kid because it was always playing on Comedy Central, and like a lot of the stuff we see now that I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe they aired that on television. I just completely forgot it. Yeah, yeah, and it's not so much problematic viewpoints, right? It did. <laughs> well, sometimes I, I think. No, well, <laughs> I think it depends both. on what yeah. your viewpoint is. But That's true, right. um, yeah, I mean, the, I think there's examples that, like, actually. In this episode where I was like, this to me is fucked up, but I guess oh, other people didn't think, feel that way. Yeah. No, I, I think I know. Are you talking about in the uh, secretary sketch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll <laughs> get definitely, to it. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. 
um, but yeah, I, I feel hey, like May and I had the same outlook, right? I, as far as going into this, it was like, yeah, we've heard of them. Like they're good. Like we, we didn't really have many expectations other than mm-hmm. knowing that they generally have a good reputation, especially among comedians for for some reason. For some reason. <laughs> well, so, no, like they're good, but you know what I mean. Like for some reason, they had a particular. It was kind of an insidery. Uh, reputation. Yeah, I feel like they were kind of the cool kids of comedy back then, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe not so much anymore. Hey, why don't we dive into the to the episode, which uh, premiered January second, nineteen ninety. We're in the nineties now, guys. Uh, wow! Uh, wow! We've crossed Landmark. into a new decade. <laughs> and in January second, nineteen ninety, number one of the charts in America was. You guys know it, right? I just hear ominous. Yeah. It's a ghost? Is it a number one ghost hit? (laughs) This is a song? (laughs) Yeah, I'd never heard of it, but it's called Another Day in Paradise by Phil Collins. And maybe I've heard the song. Maybe I just don't. Oh, wow. It's it's building on me. Oh, here we go. Here we go. (laughs) But of course... That was number one. The same buildup as in in the air tonight. I guess all of his songs are like this. (laughs) He lures you in. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, just starts at any moment in the song, (laughs) (laughs) and you're ready to go. Right. Uh, This was number one in the in the U.S., but the number one in Canada was also "Another Day in Paradise" by Phil Collins. Usually it's different. Yeah, but this time it's the same. Oh, they're both Phil Collins. The same exact song? Same exact yeah. song. No so we know the U.S. Wow. and Canada were like more on each other's vibe at this point in time. So That's right. When this aired, both countries had perfect relations. <laughs> or it's just that Phil Collins, he transcends, you know? You're like, right. That's, that's true, too. <laughs> um, and number one at the box office was, oh, I wrote this. Oh, here we go. Number one, of the, number one movie in America, born on the 4th of July. Isn't that odd? January 2nd. Well, not very July. timely. That's interesting. <laughs> anyway. You expect all movies to be kind of yeah. the release date to coincide with their title? Yeah, Expecting that should have been be born, born on, on New Year's January Day. 2nd. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, James, does that put you in the 1990 headspace? A bit? Uh, I mean, not necessarily those <laughs> that song and that movie because um, <laughs> they weren't a big part of my uh, uh, life at the time. I, I don't know how recall, old are you, you are. Were, were you born? I'm, in, I'm were you, 35. So okay. I was around. And I do recall the first date. I do remember the first date I ever like saw was like 1991. Was a date. Wow. That's, like a calendar that said 1991 is the earliest date I remember. Like you uh, just woke into awareness on that date <laughs> and were like, well, I, I exist. Think it was like, <laughs> I think it was like, uh, I'm trying to think of the timeline. It must have been like kindergarten at the the... The after the kindergarten break, coming back in and saying Pledge of Allegiance and have and the and the calendar is mm. there and seeing wow. the and seeing the the calendar. But that's a, a, a just I don't, I don't know why it never goes away. But I think about the fact that I remember that date, seeing that date first often. <laughs> I'm seeing some connections here because it was like the Pledge of Allegiance. You're born on the Fourth of July. It's like coming into being. <laughs> Along these things. America defining our memories. A May the Herald team improviser is making all these connections. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thank you for mentioning I was on Herald. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, well, only we... in LA. Okay. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> only, in, only in LA. It <laughs> doesn't count. Let's go. Why don't we talk about this uh, first scene? Let me play the very first uh, line of dialogue from it here. See that house back there? I was born in that house. And you know what? I intend to die there. Oh, I don't live there anymore. But that's where I'm going to die. Die in the house where I was born. Sort of a dream of mine. So whenever I'm feeling a little bit sick, I just come down here. You know, just in case. Right now? I've okay. So th- this was a runner. So let's go ahead and talk about all of the, if anybody has any thoughts about any of the other beats of this sketch. But yeah, the basic premise is this guy decided he wanted to die in the house that he lived in. So every time he gets sick, he he goes to the house. Simple premise. I thought it was absurd, funny. Uh, I hadn't, I'd never seen it done. I haven't seen it done again. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, it didn't really strike me as, because they ha- always have a runner, and it didn't strike me as a a sketch that lended itself to this structure. That's true. It, That's true. It seemed like it seemed like we got to the second and the third beats, which I kind of liked more. I mean, I really liked the second beat where the, he comes up with the X-ray and says there was a photographer's finger in there and that's what the cancer was and I really like that joke and then the whole thing with McDonald he kind of made the third part for me but as a whole I'm thinking why yeah why wasn't this just a sketch it felt like a disservice to split it up I don't know if you're the only one who felt that way Justin think listening to you it's like had he gotten older or something like had like (laughs) had it it needed the passage of time or you know something like that that might have maybe helped to breaking it up like that but I don't know it was was funny to keep coming back to him i didn't l- love the like him being dragged there dead like the last the last one i was like i don't <laughs> i don't love this as, yeah. as much you saying that so yeah now that you, now that i think about it some more i really don't like this i really like this first beat i didn't like so much the second two beats and it did rub me it did strike me as weird that they didn't age him up for the for those for especially that last beat like, why wasn't he an old man? Uh, Maybe they couldn't back? afford the face makeup That's for what that I'm one. <laughs> yeah. um, I actually laughed at it, even though, like, literally everything that happened, I anticipated him saying it. <laughs> like, when he was like, I was born in that house, I was like, I know he's going to say, and I'm going to die there. <laughs> That's what he said. And then when right. Kevin McDonald's was dragging him up, I was like, he should throw him through the window. And then they eventually did, but I felt the physical comedy was lacking. They should have had like a big dummy that they like hurl <laughs> through yeah. the window. Right, right. Um. <laughs> I also thought it was weird how it ended with like a quiet death. <laughs> like no joke. I, know. I was like, very, also we don't all see that the people who just live like, there. Like you have right, to see the like, people You would think the people inside would be like freaking. There's a man in the wi-. like even just hearing. <laughs> right. Or right. they know him and they're like, not this guy again. You know. <laughs> like what is he doing back here? You're not dead. Come over. <laughs> yeah, I think right, it, that's definitely some something they didn't explore at all. Is the people living there? That that is weird yeah. that they didn't even. Th- Try, try to because you can also like imagine it sketch. becoming an argument you know and then he's like i'll kill you and he's like that's what i want you know like it's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it like lends it, itself <laughs> at least one of the beats could have been that right like yeah yeah right so yeah they left some meat on the bone well, on this one 
D minus from. Also, it's a little different because usually what happens in an episode is they open with a blackout, but the blackout sketch will be really weird and unrelated to anything else. I think I, this is like rare that they open with something that becomes the runner throughout the show. This, to me, this felt like a blackout that could have that was weird and unrelated to every other sketch. So I was surprised when they brought it back because to, to me, it like lived fine on its own is just like this silly little blackout monologue, basically. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to sketch two. Oh, wait, first of all, James. You can ask your question, yeah. Nick. Here it comes. James, I love this opening to the kids and all. What, what do you think of it? Oh, yeah. I, do, do you have memories of that grown, of, of that song when you were a kid? Um, I mean, it it wasn't, again, it's all very, like, <laughs> it's all very hazy. You but, remember um, 1991, but. <laughs> but I remember 19, nothing pre-1991. <laughs> um, uh, uh, the. It was familiar, I should say, you know, but okay. that's a, that's about it. And this also feels very like, you know, like um, in terms of the opening, like it feels very like roundhouse, very like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, a, you know, the camera shitty and we're like, kind of, it's kind of handheld <laughs> and it feels like a home video kind of like it, thing, it you know, like that had that that vibe. That's so funny that you uh you think kids not that you think that but that but that you you would compare that you would say like kids and all is kind of derivative of uh, roundhouse <laughs> <laughs> at least this oh at least this opening is but then i guess you know snl is they all sort of do that kind of like thing yeah yeah, uh, yeah. this is definitely uh, yeah yeah this definitely f- feels like a knockoff of the snl opening i guess but to me the difference is that it's like it's it's just this, this mundane setting where snl is like glamorous new york and this is like just uh this these, the weirdo suburbs and stuff right that's why i think of roundhouse because they're like in the back sh- streets and stuff okay wait sorry i talked over you oh i was just asking you nick do you think this is a direct response to snl like is it is it that in mind you think it's like the oh we're gonna make the cool underground casual neighborhood version of it or i think so yeah hmm. i mean it, and it, you know it's produced by lauren michaels uh yeah, right. it's okay. produced by Lauren Michaels, and I think it comes up a lot that we're like, oh, they're sticking it to SNL. But realistically, would they be? I mean, he is producing their show. <laughs> I don't know. Right, right. Yeah, I, I I mean, he's given them the money and everything. They... That's true. Once you get the money, do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, let's talk about this Kathy. The, this, this is the first appearance of one of the Kathys. So the sketch is called Secretaries. It stars the two Cathys, Kathy with a C and Kathy with a K, who are recurring characters throughout the series. Um, we've seen Bruce McCullough as Kathy with a K before in the Blues Man sketch. And mm. you actually see, which we don't want to talk about, and you actually see the Blues Man <laughs> in, in the background here. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. On the wall. A, she has a picture of him on her cubicle. Uh, James, we should say that I guess we should say that it was like a blackface character that Mark McKinney did in one of the first episodes. Oh, great. <laughs> and basically the premise Now of the I sketch, hate Mark McKinney. <laughs> we all hate him. I Join truly hate him. And I mean, it's partly his uh, racism, but he also just has the worst vibes. You maybe pick up on it throughout this episode. Yeah. He just like always brings a really negative like headspace to his characters, I think. <laughs> but in this one, Kathy's like the premise of that one is that she's her this guy's um, girlfriend 
and he's like written a song about her and you kind of like will cut back to her talking about it in a really banal way and then his like kind of dramatic thing but it's like he could literally be any type of musician at all so he kind of like went out of his way to do this really offensive character yeah (laughs) yeah Oh my god. Anyway, uh, but it's not really relevant to this sketch necessarily. No, no. Yeah, well now it's coloring everything I see for the rest of the <laughs> Um so the game of this sketch, I mean, I don't know if there is a game. It's just these two women being uh kind of stereotypical version of office women. Uh, yeah it's weird i felt like they were doing this like this the premise was like we're gossipy we slut shame people we fat shame people but it kind of went through this weird emotional arc you know like where at first they were just kind of silly characters and then she's like genuinely sad about being called fat and (laughs) and then gets talked up by her friend and they get back to business i'm like this is weird this is is this a sketch yeah, it was like it was like a character yeah. piece, I guess. Um, and they, yeah, I mean, when I was watching it, I felt kind of felt like, oh, is this this is, seems kind of misogynistic. Like, if I wouldn't feel comfortable writing this sketch as, as a man, I, I don't know. Did yeah. you did you feel it that way at all, man? I ask because you're how I would feel about writing it as a man. Um, (laughs) I guess not good. Um, I think that it is, you know, when we were talking to Chloe Koser, who said that she um, actually felt comfortable watching kids in the hall as a kid, because like they seem to embody their female characters in a respectful way, rather than being just like men doing drag. But I feel like this sketch is like one of the examples where they kind of like, don't get it right for me. Because they're just mm-hmm. kind of like, and there are moments that are funny. I think Mark McKinney gets like this huge laugh when he comes in yeah, and he sure says, does. "It's really weird." <laughs> he comes in and deserved that was. <laughs> I mean, it was a funny face he made and everything, yeah. but he comes in as Tanya, the uh, the temp. <laughs> yeah, it's. But it, I thought it was like I actually thought it was the laugh was coming from like the fact that they were like Mondays, Mondays, and then and then. Um, Tam Tanya comes out and it's like Mondays, right? And they're like, eh. like I thought the laugh was from the them, like the reaction. Yeah, the reaction to the Mondays again. What What do you think uh, of the sketch overall, James? I I mean, now that I know that they uh, like are sort of no holds barred and 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 cross into dicey territory, I was giving them a lot of credit of like it sort of felt like. Um, Brian's character uh, goes I, too far with it, right? Like it get, uh, gets upset, and then and then and then goes too far, and um, we're like kind of going, mean, uh, yeah. Scott Scott Thompson's character, Scott Scott's character goes too far, and we're like, yeah, yeah, okay, you know, but but it seemed like there was maybe acknowledgement that it was going too far, but now I'm like, oh. <laughs> Maybe they just thought right, like, this was hilarious. Are they self-aware or not? <laughs> yeah, like they might not. They might not actually know all of that. But it didn't. It didn't bother me though. Like it's it. It didn't bother me with that framing. Um, you know, because it's it seemed like that could have been a, intentional. Um, and like because of the flip of like I actually care now is what is what made me think that perhaps they they were self-aware. Like you know. Uh, so yeah, like it didn't it, it didn't bother me, but now I'm like now I'm like maybe I hate it. You know? 
Well, yeah. I think, yeah, it's sort of like one of their sketches where they're trying to do a character, but they're like two peas in a pod character. But like, what is the character game, really? Well, let me let me go ahead and read you yeah. something from the, the biography where they're talking about these two characters. So Bruce McCullough and Scott Thompson became chattering female office temps for the recurring sketch, the recurring Kathy and Kathy sketches. McCullough, who typically favored darker roles with a disposition that more closely resembled his own, says he relished the chance to play the relentlessly optimistic secretary Kathy with a K. Kathy was the opposite of me, says McCullough, and far closer to my sister Heather, who still lives in Fort Saskatchewan, Alberta. Kathy just wants to be of service to her co-workers, make no enemies, and have a nice time on the weekend. There was such a soul to her. She has little problems, but really she just wants peace and harmony in the world. Thompson's character. Wow, I'm sorry. There's a lot like, of depth being read into well, <laughs> what we just watched. They keep bringing back. They keep bringing back the characters. So they're they they develop right. the characters later happens, throughout the show. Sure. Uh, Thompson's character Kathy provided much needed grounding to McCullough's Kathy. Kathy is a flipperty gibbet, recalls Thompson, whereas my Kathy is an alpha female with a reservoir of anger that I don't think the other Kathy has. Each of us balance the other, and I think that kind of comes across in this sketch a little bit. At least that they're kind of they're they're a little different in that. Uh, Thompson's character is a little meaner, I guess, a little more hard-hearted than uh, than McCullough's. Uh, yeah, and I think I think the sketch had a lot. It's a shame that the kind of you know inherent premise is kind of sexist, <laughs> and it kind of colors the whole sketch because I thought there were so many fun details of like the mugs having Kathy. You know, each one has Kathy on the mug. I thought it was funny. And, uh, you know, your face frames your hair. I thought it was like they had some funny lines. The writing is on the partition. And I, I, I thought like they had a lot of funny. I mean, none of them are, these lines are making us laugh right now. But trust me, <laughs> they're hilarious details. No, I just thought that like uh, it's a shame because they do tend to have these fun character sketches that aren't gaming. They don't heighten well, but they just like have these fun scenes and. It's just a shame that there's a whole, I don't know, problematic aura around it because, yeah, I don't I mean, know, were you guys able to appreciate some of the individual jokes? I definitely did. Or was I, it yeah. all just kind of like, oh boy. No, I definitely did. I just felt, I've, I, I just kind of had like, uh, just in the back of my mind, I realized, oh, when I was a kid, I didn't realize that maybe it's not the best idea to just write a sketch where two men play play women who the main or just gossiping. The main, yeah, the main thread of the yeah. sketch is that they're gossipy and uh, catty. I guess you know, it just seemed like right. Yeah, but 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 I I, I didn't. I, I wrote some, down some things here. I can't read any of them. <laughs> <laughs> my handwriting's bad. I decided to write notes with my hand with uh, on a pen and paper today, and that was a bad idea. Failed experiment. Yeah, that's okay. Um. Oh, yeah. did you guys have any other thoughts, uh, James? Maybe <laughs> I feel like we talked. Over yeah, I'm a trying times. to think. I'm trying to think of specific points. Um, it's fine if you. But don't I, have but any. none. But none. But none of them are like. None of them are like jumping out. At I, me. I was wondering. Did you did you laugh at all watching this episode? Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay, I did. cool. I laughed throughout. I would say. I think I I laughed less and less as the episode went on <laughs> but um uh, but i but i did like i think the turning point for me was the was this ne- if the if the preacher is next yeah that was sort of yeah. the last one that i was that i was like oh i i like this and then sort of after that it was like a joke here and there that i that i thought was funny 
Well, May, did you have anything you want to say about this one? Should we move on to Patreon? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I sounds like I'm angry about this sketch than I am. I'm not really. I It's, you know, it's funny. It's like the kind of are just like debating like whether it's worse to be fat or a slut. And I'm like, I'm both. Um, <laughs> uh, but I was just, <laughs> I just felt like uh, these sorts of characters they're just a little shallow and it's funny to hear Bruce McCullough talk about it like that, like this really uh, incredible depth and generosity he gives this character he's created. And especially when she like is as mean as the other Kathy to a degree, she's also like, yeah, she's a slut. She's like, we're way to the top. (laughs) I'm just like, she's not nice. What are you talking about? To be fair uh, to them, hopefully we'll see some more depth from those two characters throughout the series. (laughs) Cause yeah, this one, I, I agree. Could you guys explain one of the jokes where it's like they're gossiping and they want to find out and then McCullough says, uh, who, what, when, where, how, many? How many Talking about men. sleeping with people. How many men? Oh, how many? I see. I see. Okay. All right. Oh, I'm glad we could clear that up for you, <laughs> Yeah, I did write down. Now I can. Now I know what I, I wrote down. Sleeping her way to the middle. Is that funny? Yeah. I thought it was funny. <laughs> that made me laugh. It, it's, it's funny, but I feel like is that... I don't know if there's a lot of jokes when watching this show where it's like, oh, is this is this hack like then or just now? Because <laughs> I feel like sleeping yeah. away to the middle is something I hear all the time. But maybe in 1990, people hadn't been saying it all the time yet. Yeah, I that I chuckled. Sure. Sleeping our way to the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I thought it was a funny sketch overall, but I just did like have a little thing in the back of my mind, like, oh, sh- is this should should I? Your conscience. Now. Yeah, should I be okay with this yeah. in twenty twenty one? But uh, I'm not okay with anything in twenty twenty one. Life is terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything is not okay. <laughs> well, let's talk. Uh, let's talk. Let's actually watch the the opening of this uh, preacher sketch, actually. And this is the guy who has bad vibes. What weighs more? <laughs> the Bible or the bag to have a gita? <laughs> well, worldly scholars and scientists have known for quite some time that the Bible outweighs the bag to have a gita here by a pound to a pound and a half sometimes. Outweighs the Talmud sometimes by three to four pounds. Outweighs that, that mighty Koran sometimes by five to ten pounds. You think about that. (laughs) Every comedian has a preacher character. (laughs) Every comedian uses the preacher character as a reliable, solid comedy device. And why not, I say? Say an ordinary line like, get off the phone and you got nothing. Say it as your preacher character, get off the phone, sinner! (laughs) And you're halfway to a joke. So I played a little bit more because I feel like we should we should get to the game of the skin, I guess, which is uh, Mark McKinney as a preacher character describing the role of a the preacher character in com- in comedy, uh, like a meta, yeah, yeah. Another they 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 do. I, I don't think I realized as a kid like just how much of their sketch, just how much of their show was was uh, was relying on meta humor. Yeah, there's a lot of commentary on what comedy is and how to make things funny and what writing a sketch is. Um, this one kind of made me meta. laugh because I was like, it's true. We do see people play characters, uh, preacher characters all the time. James, do you have a preacher character of your own? Yeah, this – well, I'll also just say this surprised me for for having not seen the other eight, you know, 
this surprised me that in in season one they were like <laughs> being this meta <laughs> about yeah, it. No, um, that's but thing, I'm yeah. I'm actually right now have been doing a preacher character um, and like have been talking about it in this in this way <laughs> <You know? laughs> because it's like you know because it has been very much like it's like yeah like everyone d- does one and like and i and my voice is a little bit like eddie murphy's and and you know but without but not on purpose you know like it's like it's very like am i just doing this other person's character yeah <laughs> um so like the whole so the whole time i was just thinking of, about that and i re- and i uh, really appreciated I appreciated the sketch a lot for, for that, for, for being so spot on in that, in that truth of like, you, you can say, you could say, you could say anything, you know, but when you say it in the preacher character, that was, that <laughs> is so true. It's is there so another real. game to your preacher character besides that he's a preacher? Yeah. I mean, he's, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, um, white saviors in movies and he's the, he's the white savior pastor at you know at a church for white saviors so it's that's what that's what the jo- the joke is about that but the in terms of the rendering of the character you know it's, it's he's not just like a guy who goes up to the podium gives a quiet talk right. <laughs> he's not a dry jokeless preacher yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah it's it, it reminded me of that uh improv warm-up we used to have to do it was yes like, I think old it was southern a, lawyer it was old southern lawyer yeah <laughs> which is oh, right. you still see people do like old southern lawyer characters in tv shows sketch shows yeah. and certainly in improv shows uh, and it's like wow we're still doing this even though there's a whole <laughs> warm-up <laughs> game about 1990 yeah. <laughs> right and yeah, i did yeah. think it was funny when he was like sometimes someone comes to me and say no one's laughing at my preacher character and he's like have you tried working on your drawl and then he's like, and, have you, and if that doesn't work, have you considered that you're not funny? I was like, that is a good thing for us all to think about. Just step back and think about it. Yeah, it is funny to think that even 30 years ago, uh, the preacher character was, was uh, I mean, not, ju- you know, that, that a lot of people are doing preacher characters, I guess. I do think, though, that yeah. like this was an era when evangelism was really big on television. That's true. That's true. Tana yeah, Faye Baker. That's right. 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 I did like the stuff up top, too, about, like, the weighing the books and seeing how important each book was just strictly by its weight. I don't know. I found that funny. <laughs> I thought it was a little clairvoyant. It was a little, like, Trumpish. Like, I don't know if you guys remember when he brought out, like, the the amount of paper of, like, the government <laughs> regulations that he cut or whatever and compared <laughs> gigantic piles of paper. It just made me think of that. Like, it's just such a stupid guy thing to be like, look, this one weighs more. This one weighs less. <laughs> See how big this book is? It's got to be more important. I don't know. i got to kick out of that. No, that was very fun. I, I mean, I, when he... Started, when he opened with that, I was ready for to laugh at a funny preacher character. <laughs> exactly. And then he made you yeah, feel like kinda, a fool. He made you feel like an idiot. He, did, he tricked me good. <laughs> no, we kind of got the best of both worlds. We got an actual funny preacher character and then a guy talking about a preacher character. Yeah. This sketch is, this, this one confused me. Yeah, okay, yeah. let's move on to the next sketch. Uh, let's play the beginning of this one, too. <laughs> and I agree, Jared. This one... I feel like maybe I'm missing some context not living in 1990. Right. Hi. Come closer. No, closer still. Come on. Come on in. 
No, that's close enough. You don't want to disappear into a pore in my nose. Like the ill fate crew of Fantastic Journey, do you? Hi, it's Weston Esther Hazy here. Confidant to the stars. Yeah, buckle up, world. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Apparently, teeny authors, Michael J. Fox's younger sister on the late smash hit sitcom Family Ties is really 51 years old. <laughs> yeah, apparently it's true. Um, yeah, so this is a weird... Let me read you guys something from... Because, believe it or not, this is a recurring character. I wanted to represent the deep emotional resonance of... <laughs> well, well, let, let me read you the, a passage from the biography about, about this character. Thompson's love of show business manifested itself in his nerdy and gossip-obsessed character, Weston... Esther Hazy, who he admits was a little more was a little more than a heightened version of himself. I get so excited about gossip, and I poured all of that into Weston. I put my mouth in that rectangle shape and just jam it all out in the voice of a comic book nerd. Mark's character, Virgil, was born at the same time, so we jam out nerd talk together. Nerds were still outcasts in those days, not like today when they're everywhere. It was a little weird that he brought that into it there, uh, but. Well, well, I actually think that's an interesting point because it's like it's it's hard to have this context. I mean, it's obviously pre-internet, and it just like just completely changed the way that we. I don't know how it, whether it's you want to say geek or fandom or whatever, but I don't know. It's it's funny. It is. I, I guess I understand the game and I understand what he's going for, but it was a combination of the references and the combination of just like how people are fans of things <laughs> that had to be like I had to do mental gymnastics just to make sure I was like on the same page with every joke. Um, but I don't know. I kind of like the character. I mean, what did you guys think? I I remember the watching these as a kid and being like, not understanding it. I mean, now maybe I'm now I, I think it's clear he's like a very specific type of nerd, like a a gay obsessed with Hollywood nerd, which I don't think I realized existed when I was a kid. And and well, right. Do you think he's supposed to be gay, or are you just saying that because it's Scott Thompson? <laughs> Well, he said he based it on his... Watch out, Nick. He said he based it on, on himself as a kid. Uh, but then Mark McKinney shows up and he's like the same... Uh... That's true. <laughs> but uh, the, what? the way they were also talking about very being very excited to see a Rob Lowe sex tape, I think, made me, made me think they were gay as well. But I don't know. Did you not, did you not think they were gay, Amy? I don't know. I want to hear what James says because he's like nodding. I, di- I didn't think they were gay, but now I'm like, uh, yeah, a Rob Lowe sex tape. But who also? But who wasn't excited about a Rob Lowe sex tape? Yeah, who wouldn't be <laughs> a little curious? I thought that was part of, the, part of the joke that they were straight and they were into it. I, I, maybe I misread that, but um, yeah, I don't know if it was just because this came right after the uh, meta preacher character, but this being so heavy reference, this being such a heavy like reference sketch, I was like, oh, I, I this is when I started pulling away a little bit because it was like all right well the, the meta was fun but now now this this is hinging on me knowing everything that's happening <laughs> right now or like me being hip to me being hip to hollywood at this time and so i was i wasn't as interested and then also just thinking about how we see so many characters like this now but this isn't this isn't a problem of this 1990s sketch, but it was like, oh, I, you know, it's hard to watch this right now because I've, I've, I've seen this so many times, and, you know, like, like what have and you only find this so so in terms of the humor? Like, what, what have you seen before from this? Just this, just a, a nerd character kind of thing. 
Yeah, uh, you know, like the like the like the references the the uber the uber like uh, the uber obsessed with with Hollywood gossip nerd yeah person you know like like that that person I've I've seen so I kind you know was just kind of like all right I'm not as interested it kind of reminded me of (laughs) Stefan a little bit which maybe I've said about other characters in the show I could see that yeah yeah the like like listing. Thing. I feel like the list is a very ripe place to put lots of jokes in a row. And yeah. I do think the one about the guy being turned into a fish kind of made me laugh. I also liked the reveal where he's like, I'm talking to God. <laughs> that, was <laughs> that makes weird. it like yeah, that so was weird. <laughs> what a that weird. was very weird. Yeah. And yeah, and saying like, wow, he's famous. And he was like, yeah. And then he like went back to addressing the camera. I was like, he's still talking to God? It's <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd like the joke, uh, the prince joke, where he said prince is not a prince at all, it's just a guy from Minnesota. And I think that that was essentially the game. I mean, I know we were all trying to wrap our head around the old references, but that was really the game of it, right? Where he was like calling out either famous people or famous characters and then saying like, can you believe? And then saying like a detail about the actor's personal life. Yeah, Yeah, just like, yeah, he was just making up crazy facts about that was kind of in the inversion of the game, I feel like, because the rest yeah, of it was... Yeah, because that's a real thing. That's yeah. <laughs> just really true about Prince. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But right. most, of, them was make, most uh, of it was make him making up celebrity gossip. Uh, fantastic celebrity like, gossip. The SNL version of this sketch would be like this guy had a talk show from his bedroom or something. Yes. And it was more framed around like, oh, welcome to the whatever my name is show. And I'm here to talk about this and break this down. Here's my guest. And then McKinney walks in, you know, and they look the same. And uh, that's what I think I, I almost, like about Kids in the Hall is that like, right. it's just such a that. Yeah, they would have done that on SNL. But on Kids in the Hall, he's talking to God. Or he was like some weird little kid <laughs> right. that is just broadcasting his own show to God. Yeah, I couldn't tell if I was craving that structure, that structure, that structure, um, or not, or if I was just kind of brainwashed by. Oh, I was SNL not cra- and, like I, expecting it. I hate, I hate that about it. I hate all those like uh, SNL sketches where they have like a, an like a. But you really like intro. this sketch. I, I I didn't love this sketch, but uh, I, I appreciate James, do you it. watch SNL a lot or ever? Um, no, not as not as much as I used to. Um, I'm I now sort of like if there's like a guest or somebody that mm-hmm. I'm that I'm interested in, I'll 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 watch that. Um, but not as much anymore. And were you watching it at all growing up, or is it just something you came to later? Oh character yeah, work yeah. High school. I I feel like I there's that thing that Lauren said, like maybe I don't know. 10 years ago in in some interview but like he's like you like the you like the the cast that was your cast when you were in high school like that was some proclamation he he said and it's right. but it's true like that was when i watched it you know i maybe watched also whenever mad tv and then prior to that prior to that in living color like the so i i watched around that time so like uh, the Adam Sandler. You know, so years. I guess I guess around the same time as this as well. You know, yeah. like like a couple years from now through high school for me is like when I watched. What what uh, what are your sketch. what are your let's say your top three sketch shows? Your top three favorite sketch shows? Ooh. Yeah, I mean it would have to be it like it just sort of has to be <laughs> <laughs> without Can't me spending any time thinking about it. You know, it has to be all that. <laughs> Um, Mad TV and Living Color. Wow! Like wow. it just you know those wow. are just in that the order. Ones. Uh, 
all that in living color mad tv if i were to if i were to then put them in an order wow um interesting just because like i remember preferring mad tv to in, in to snl but that's just because mad tv is was certainly more ya than like <laughs> than saturday night live was so i rem- but that's why it is in my top 3 um o- over like an snl but like but you know when i watched regularly i loved it you know and you ended up working on all that right yeah yeah on the reboot that's awesome wow that's so nice to like be passionate about something that you actually get to then put your fingerprint on yeah yeah it was it was it was cool to do but also like the this the most (laughs) like heavy like thing for my psyche to be dealing with like i'm so thinking about like the show in the nineties and like what that was and like, right. <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, but doing this thing that like needs to be interesting to people that are kids now, like, <laughs> right. was that a mind fuck? Like, were oh, you yeah. constantly battling your nostalgia and your sentimental, you know, memories of it with the, it like, was Oh shit, I got to do my job now. <laughs> really tough for me. And then there was also stuff of like how, you know, there are certain people who aren't on the, on the, show any any obviously don't don't like work on the show from the writing side anymore and like things that they did that i like liked that like the current regime is like no that's not we don't like that it's Uh, like oh that wasn't (laughs) you know like it was it was a really like weird thing for me to be to to, for for me specifically to deal with and i don't i don't know about the other writers but i i struggled did you was there something i want to i'm just curious like what it is about it that you like so much i remember being feeling too old for all that when it was on or something i'm not that Uh much older than you but it just like felt very childlike to me and maybe that's nice that it's so accessible to young people like thinking about comedy or sketch or whatever so i'm just curious like what about it that you felt like was missing maybe in your later experience from like the 90s Oh, I mean, well, it's just sort of more like uh, not so much that like not so much that like there was something up. Well, I guess I can specifically say there's a there's to to your point, Nickelodeon in the 90s um, was was for kids, but the adults writing it like they weren't thinking of like the age a specific age bracket that i that i actually now think is like lower like nickelodeon is now like is now aiming at a at a demo that's like i don't know let's say like for for all like, that let's say like adora like, or blues clues age yeah, sort of yeah yeah like even like yeah like there isn't quite that separation in terms of like c- certain programming that's not on nick junior and so it was right. like oh i you know or or like a thing that they that I that I thought was true of like early all that was like where kids and like and and adults don't get us or don't underst- don't understand us, right? And that element that element w- was gone now. So like it's like to to not have this thing of like fucking adults are you know like Ugh, aren't they fucking right. weird? you know like parents just don't understand yeah exactly. yeah yeah not not having that I thought was like it was like oh yeah that that feels integral to all that but it was it just wasn't there for whatever reason i don't know it's also like maybe that's how i saw it <laughs> and and maybe like that's <laughs> not true you know that's <laughs> not a thing that's true um but yeah maybe this is too off topic but i just think it's so interesting how there's this kind of split i feel in children's 
uh, children's media where it's like, yeah, either very, very young or like this weird YA romance thing Tween where like or everyone's yeah, fucking. Where is that? Middle zone. Where's the middle? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're Degrassi or Teletubbies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's who you are, child. Pick one. That's interesting. Uh, um, cool. Well, let's move on to this. Well, back to kids in the yeah. hall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. I love a digression. <laughs> no, totally. I remember one episode, out of, for some reason, we were talking about all that, and I think we were attempting to link the kind of, I don't know, joyful kind of silliness uh, with both shows. There, there, what is it? Yeah, Dad, Dad told me this teddy bear's picnic story that sounds like utter bullshit to me. <laughs> There, there. Just remember that your father loves you and I love you even more. Okay. This is the I this is very common where they like have their end sketch be insanely long and it's just like a one act play. I think in this one there was a, a more fun to it than they often are because there's like this reveal that he is just bullshitting and lied to his wife about the teddy bear picnic. So uh the it's called a teddy bear picnic and the 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 game the it's it's basically two sketches right it's like it's almost like a the abbey road medley it, it truly yes i mean i thought they could just cut that second part but or cut uh, the first part <laughs> or, or first part sure or make um, it into one sketch that's half as long <laughs> right so it's, yeah. the first half of the sketch is uh scott thompson being it's scott thompson is is uh, a kid a little boy who's uh, bruce mccullough's son and bruce mccullough tells him the story of the teddy bear picnic and scott thompson just doesn't buy it he doesn't believe it's true and that's that's the game of the scene. And then the second scene is is Bruce McCullough's the the father character goes to bed with Dave Foley as the as the as his wife, and she is now suspicious about the story he told her about where he was last weekend, which he said was a teddy right. picnic. Also, is confused about whether or not the childhoods like the kid stories are real or not. Basically. But she's she believes him. She's gullible, whereas the kid is yes. not gullible. So I, I feel like I took all the. I fun do like out when he, it, but <laughs> I know it. It was weird. I don't know. It made me laugh that it was true that he was really telling her these stories. I don't know why, but it just went on and on. I do think that there was a funny moment when he corrected like the soup soap thing, and she says, "Don't ever contradict me in front of <laughs> yeah. the boy." <laughs> that was great. That there were a lot of. This was kind of a classic kids in the hall thing where like the premise was you know okay and like done before, but there's just something about like. They just shove so many details and jokes kind of out of nowhere into it. That makes me love it. The, the, the sheeps joke I loved. For some reason, the multiple Batman posters made me laugh. I was. <laughs> no, I didn't even notice. The, I just noticed the one on the door. Yeah, there's a huge one on the door, and then there's one right on the wall here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a there's a Batman poster. They're both from the Batman 1989 movie, which was a huge movie. Right. Uh, so it makes sense that like this kid would. I, I I did. I figured maybe just like it was set decoration. Like they just thought, oh yeah, a kid would have a Joker poster and a Batman poster on his walls. I don't know. Yeah, like it almost felt like they were. It was some sort of wink and a nod joke. I don't like think maybe, it was. Yeah, the movie just no. I think that's just a coincidence. It can't be coincidence. What, what do you mean a coincidence? No, but I mean, what's the? So you agree that they intentionally put two '90s Batman movie posters in the room? Yes, to because it's a kid. I feel like a kid in 1990. Oh, just to characterize the kid as a kid. Yeah, you mean? would have like yeah. Batman posters on his walls. 
I, th- I think it was I bad so. set dressing. Maybe that's just a. I think it was just like they they right. could have had one, <laughs> but they're so, they're so they're they're just so noticeable that I wouldn't even have put one up there. But yeah. Well, real quick, the two other things I loved was one, um, kids in the hall. They they do such a great job of kids like acting like real kids, and that moment where the mom comes in for the first time, and he's like, "What's going on?" and he just kind of goes, "Yeah," before <laughs> hugging his mom. I thought that was very funny. Like you can really let's watch that real quick here. Yeah. Okay. You didn't tell me they were alive. Dad, I was up all night tagging their toes. What is going on up there? I don't know. I, I just find that so observational and just so, I don't know, funny. I mean, you seem like you know. No, no I'm just listening. I'm just listening. Oh, oh okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> um... Yeah, it does and ring very true yeah. and real to me. I I, I liked that part too. What do you think of the um, sketch of Earl I I thought that this was another one of those like, had I seen this, or had I seen this in 1990 or whatever, like I would have liked it more. Um, mm. Just because it just felt like it's like okay, all right, the kid doesn't believe the. The kid doesn't believe the story, and the and the dad's upset. Like it's like okay, I don't <laughs> like. It's like the behavior is funny, but it's not funny enough to keep me watching this for as long as the sketches. And then when yes. the, then the turn of the wife thinking that it's real it also just sort of felt like I feel like I've seen this, but only because I didn't see this in nineteen ninety. You know, like I feel, <laughs> I feel like I've seen this before because you know because of all the people and things that have been inspired by something like this. You and know? also just because so we've done imp- like I feel like we've done so much yeah, improv, yeah. we've all done this scene before, <laughs> at least mm-hmm. the first half mm-hmm. of the scene. Yeah, you realize the shelf life on a lot of these, like basically all comedy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so so short. I mean, well, like, a think... lot of stuff is only funny because it's surprising. I think. I mean, that's what usually right. what makes me laugh the most. So once the surprise is gone, you're right, kind of like yeah. uh, it's like things like maybe the Scott Thompson yelling, where it's like behavior that's very well performed or whatever. I mean, James, as a performer, are you like more interested in playing off of other people, or do you feel like crafting a character is more? Interesting? I I love playing off of other people. I mean, I do a lot of character stuff but um being able to interact with other people i think is 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 so much more fun like and and being able to now i'm just thinking about improv in particular but in put in when you have a script this is true as well you know be playing off of someone and being surprised by a choice that someone made and having that influence how you act or react is is you know there's nothing like that you know um were you gonna say something else about the sketch sorry i interrupted well no just thinking about what i I can't remember who said it but in watching this it made me feel like yeah like i watching this whole episode i felt oh you you did you said the thing about surprising i feel like i it's i didn't watch enough i need to watch more things so that i can know if and when I'm being hack accidentally, <laughs> like I need to, like I need to watch more stuff so that I can not be like doing a thing that like was done on you know <laughs> on SCTV in 1970, no. whatever. Right. <laughs> like, like, no, like, like no, we you have to like forget. Everybody, we have to forget about SCTV at this point. I think, and the kids in the hall. You know? <laughs> not when, not when every 
piece of content is available for <laughs> someone to see. Like, not when somebody can go, man, this shit was on SC. Not, not when somebody can go, the Flip Wilson show did this in 19, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. I, you know, I can't. I don't I know. Can't you have that you can't to appeal to, like, people like us, though. <laughs> you have to try to appeal to I think that's to true. I mean, world. people watch stuff on TV that's so hack, and they're like, this is amazing. I'm going to share it on Facebook for my niece to see. <laughs> uh, These assholes with nieces, they're all so stupid. <laughs> no, I just, I mean, look, this is maybe too off, but I'm a blogger, so, like, I see the things that get shared all the time in feeds on Facebook and Twitter or whatever, and some of it has been circulating for so long, and there's still someone who's going to see it and be like, oh, my God. This is yeah. blowing my freaking mind. And I think that's true of comedy as well. I mean, also SNL sometimes straight up posts or like has sketches that are stolen and are obviously stolen. And there, yeah. and no one says a damn thing about it. So being a little hack off a premise from 30 years old, it's like whatever. Right. We all have friends who have claimed on social media like, SNL stole this sketch and here's my proof. <laughs> yeah, like I believe them all. I believe all accusations. Right. <laughs> and I don't look into it. James, I think what we're trying to say is that preacher character, uh, we've seen it. <laughs> and we want to see it oh, again. No, you, you, you definitely have seen it. <laughs> um, well, that's the end of, I think we covered all the sketches in the show though, but but uh, James, is there anything else you wanted to say about the show that you, you didn't get to say? Or, or about comedy you know? in general that it made you think of oh man comedy at large uh <laughs> no. yeah just describe no. comedy, and comedy we should uh, we should have warned the you state of comedy that we were gonna ask no, you no i mean <laughs> i <laughs> the state of comedy today in 2021 <laughs> um i don't know i just just i i've i think i've said everything that every reaction that i've had i do feel like i want to like go through and like watch now and and see you know what what goes too far for me and what and what doesn't like what am i able what is my constitution in terms of things that people think is too far and then and then also i just need to study everything and know what i'm (laughs) what am i repeating that i need to stop right well we can send you the links if you want i would say the things about like the stuff that's offensive in this and like all dated material like you're gonna see something that like obviously won't fly in 2021 but I think a lot of the sure. stuff that happens in this, it's like not only is like offensive, but it's like stupid or boring or like <laughs> or nonsensical. Mm-hmm. Like it's bad on so many levels that are beyond right. even offense. Would you or would you want to watch uh, the sketch from the previous episode that uh, includes blackface? I mean, I yeah, I I am interested in like why people do it so I, I i like to watch to see like why like like i keep thinking of uh, i recently watched jimmy fallon's um his snl audition and and you know he does really great impressions of chris rock and and uh and uh bill cosby and maybe a, maybe a couple other black people and i can't remember if he when he was in blackface if it was him playing chris rock or not but it's like you know, I, I, I see something like that as them just being like, yeah, we just want to us, we want people to see him do his <laughs> Chris Rock impression. Like maybe he right. shouldn't have put on the makeup, yeah. but like you know, we just it's really good, so we want to show you know, so something like something like a a random blackface character that has no re- uh, reason other than like someone being like, I'm gonna be in blackface because of the shock of that or the, you know, or whatever, 
you know. Yeah. I, it's, I, it's kind I'm of hard to seeing. tell if it's shocking or not to me, to the audience, mm-hmm. honestly, while you're watching, I thought. Yeah. yeah, because it's also like I feel like blackface is something we talk a lot about now, and it has been talked about for a long time, but it keeps happening. So you're like, how aware, how thoughtful <laughs> are people being about this? Right. I don't know, like how much do they really care as viewers if it keeps happening? Yeah, and I love what Tropic Thunder still to this day, <laughs> and it's it's called out in that obviously, right? And Brandon T. Jackson is is the, you know gets to slap. He gets to slap Robert Downey Jr., you know, like, hey, all right, that's progress. Right. But it, it's like, I don't know, you know, like, is that okay? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> we can't decide here, but <laughs> uh, but we can send you the link. Yeah, we'll send you a link if, and if, you, if you have any thoughts, let us know. Yeah, I'll take if a you, look. And if you don't we want to. We have options, watch. unfortunately. <laughs> I know, we just don't want to, like, surprise people with it. Yeah. Were you going to say something, James? No, just... No, just you have options. Meaning, there's a lot. There's a lot of different things you could show me. That no, would, meaning yes. that they do it a few times. They do it on a bunch. Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I think this is the only. I think we we are reaching. Well, I mean, I've seen it. I'm saying, I, at least. Twice. No, I, I think we're. <laughs> only been I think episodes. we're reaching the only. This the second and last time they do it. At least so. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh okay. I'm surprised they stopped because they taught. Didn't he say in his interview that he was like okay with it or didn't? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we'll see. In 2022, they, you know, one of them's going to be in blackface. We'll see. Yeah, we'll <laughs> like, see what. what I mean, it's possible. I could definitely see Scott Thompson doing it because that guy is—he's just a weirdo. He doesn't seem to like care what people think. But, uh, but yeah, hopefully not. Uh, but James, thanks so much for talking to us about Kids and All and, and yeah. sketch comedy yeah. in general. Is there anything you want to plug or anything like that? Uh, I guess listen to uh, Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. It's a podcast. Uh, you can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, I think. <laughs> but I actually don't know if that's true. That's just a thing that I feel like people say. Everywhere you listen to podcasts. Well, what if there's like a new... <laughs> <laughs> you know, thing that has podcasts, and you don't know about that, and you just told them it's everywhere, and it's not. Yeah, but they'll like really write to you and complain, and then you know, and you can put it on there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. I was on Vizio, and I couldn't find it, so you're a liar. <laughs> yeah, let let James know if you can't find it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks for joining us, and uh, thank you, Jim. Until next time, keep brushing those heads. Hey.